This is Life Made Better, a podcast from two coaches with a zest for not only their lives, but yours. In this series, Fleur and Lucia seek out tips, tools, and exercises to inspire you to achieve your dreams and goals. Join us and let's make life better. Welcome back to Life Made Better, the podcast where we interview interesting people that not only inspire us, but so that we can find out how they made their life better and how we can learn from their story and challenges. Today, we're very excited to be interviewing Natalie Louise, who I met recently as one of her friends went on our Empowered to Thrive six weeks course and felt like we would connect as we are both passionate about helping people to stop suffering and take control of their own well-being. After 10 minutes of speaking to Natalie, I could feel her passion and what she'd gone through to find her passion and knew we had to have her on the podcast. So Natalie, we're so happy to have you here today. Can you tell our audience a little bit more about yourself? Of course. Hi, thank you very much for having me. So I'm a nutritional therapist. I help men and women get back to feeling their best by using the natural tools that we've got around us, thinking about what we eat, the types of foods that we're consuming, as well as lifestyle factors, how we move, ways we manage stress, how well we sleep, self-care, things like that. And my full title is actually naturopathic nutritional therapist and I have some functional medicine training as well. And what that really means is that I look at the body as a whole. Every system in the body is connected. It's all talking to each other and symptoms that we experience are feedback messages from our body that we can listen to and then adjust our food and lifestyle to better support our bodies and reduce those symptoms and, and be able to live more. I'm loving that. I think we recently had um, in our post in our podcast Gretchen, who was coming from that sort of perspective. And I'm I'm very curious because we were saying just before we were recording that my mom also has an autoimmune disease, and she also has quite a lot of nutritional issues. So I'm really curious to hear from that holistic perspective that you were just saying, Natalie, what are you seeing could be the main leading factors to have that sort of nutritional redirection? Is there anything that we can spot in our body that we can say, ah, oh, this is linked to nutrition? Are you seeing any symptoms that relate straight to that? Or is it a bit of everything really? It's it's so vast. And I think if we take, for example, something like digestive distress, I think quite often we consider that digestive distress has to be something that we've eaten because it's in our, it's part of our digestive system. But it's just not that, it's not that black and white. It could very much be related to stress. It could very much be related to our mood. And similarly, if we're getting... Um, things like skin conditions, we often assume it's something that we're topically putting on our skin or it's something that we've come into contact with. We don't necessarily relate it back to food. So I wish it was simpler for everybody and, and a bit more black and white, but biochemically, we're actually quite complex and we're also incredibly unique. So that's sort of a real part of what I take on as a nutritional therapist is sort of putting that detective hat on and, and really looking at that person as, a, as an individual and, and how how can I help them and how can I support them and get to the real root causes of what's going on so that they can they can feel better? Mm, I love that, that, you know, you said about it being interwoven and each bit's talking to each other. 
And I often say to my clients, you know, you are a biological computer, so we need to have a look at all elements of you, not just one aspect of, you know, what you're thinking. Sometimes what you're thinking comes from your mood, doesn't it? And it comes from your gut and it comes from environmental factors. There's so much that's into play in this biological computer. So I love the fact that you're making people take charge of their health and you're guiding them to be their own detective, which is so important. I'm really curious to know how you got to this space because health and well-being, it, most people come into it because of something they've been through. Mm, yeah, no, very much so. Um, I haven't always been a nutritional therapist. It's very much my passion now and, and how I'm really sort of driving forward. But I actually worked in corporate marketing for technology firms for the last decade. And I moved to London at the age of 20 to sort of take on the big city and very quickly got swept up in this high paced, highly stressed environment that was underpinned by poor nutrition, lack of sleep multiple stimulants and a lot of stress and it's odd because you actually feel like you're thriving that adrenaline rush that keeps you going actually makes you feel like you're doing okay but we're not really and we're simply surviving and the body provides us with symptoms those messages in order just to let us know that things aren't okay and that's sort of what cropped up in me really migraines became more frequent bloating I had some acne that sort of returned in my late 20s I had a bout of dermatitis around my mouth actually it looked like a goatee for six months perioral dermatitis vertigo nausea PMS low moods and and depression at points as well and I didn't experience all of these at the same time but these are the sorts of feedback signals that I've been getting from my body across across my time in a very highly stressed environment when I wasn't nourishing my body with the right food when I wasn't sleeping and making sleep a priority yeah, these are the sort of things that sort of arose. And what led me to really take charge of my own health was the lack of support and answers from allopathic medicine, Western medicine. Sorry, term can be used interchangeably. And that goes back probably further than the last decade, really, to 14, 15 years ago, when I was diagnosed with depression in my late teens. And the lack of answers that I've been getting from that point and across until now, the lack of support and almost the pill for an ill mentality, which only ever really gave me an awful lot of side effects, was a real driver for me to actually start being my own investigator and for me to take the lead of my own health and and start taking charge. So I absolutely think there's a place for medicine. That's certainly not what I want to get across in this message, but it it wasn't right for me. It wasn't supporting me in the ways that it it's there to support people and and therefore I needed to start looking at other other ways. And I think the more that we talk to people that are in any shape or form involved in that nutrition uh, sort of environment, the more you hear that they were coming from sort of a background like yours, maybe not not so complex or different things, but where I am quite curious in a way, I actually don't get why. Because the majority of you seem to be coming on that quest where I was referred to doctors that were giving me or prescribing me this sort of medicine. It wasn't working. I was experiencing these many different symptoms that my body, my brain was sending me. Yet 
we still struggle to look at it from a holistic perspective. He's like, I go because I'm going to make it up, right? But I go because my left hand is hurting, but then you need to go and see another specialist because your right hand is hurting. So I am struggling to see why with the intel that we've got right now, with the massive research and science that is being put behind this. And now we know the importance of this nutrition, of this, you know, treating our body right from the inside. Why are we not making more of it? Why are we not starting to see mm. this from that holistic perspective and being not so easy to give you a tablet when we can actually tackle it from a different perspective? What's your view on that, Natalie? So, I think it's coming through. It's something that is slowly coming through and the likes of functional medicine that has been put out there in order for medical professionals to have a look at that holistic perspective and start viewing things from a different point of view is something that's really starting to gain traction and push through. Where Western medicine is brilliant at is that acute care. And we're seeing it firsthand at the moment, right? We are seeing this acute care that Western medicine can do is is life-changing and life-saving. But where it's always struggled is those chronic conditions because it doesn't look at things holistically, because that's just not the way that Western medicine was created and has come about. But I do think we are seeing a shift. I just think it's going to take a long time because it's for want of a better word, it's an institution. It's it's a big it's a big thing, and it's been around for so long, and it's been operating in the same way with the same methods, with the same protocols for a very long time. And I think it's just going to take it's going to take a lot of open minds in order for that to change. But I think we are seeing it because of functional medicine. We're starting to see nutritional therapists being invited into NHS practices in order to demonstrate the value that we can offer when patients, NHS patients are recovering, for example. So, we're getting there. And I think we just need to keep championing. We need, we need to keep talking about it. Those of us who are in this field, we need to not be afraid to really have a voice on how beneficial viewing things from a holistic way is. And I'm really optimistic about how things will change. Yeah, it's good to hear that. And, you know, we have many clients that come to us with anxiety and they've not even realised that there is a link between anxiety and food and I think it's really important like you said that we do work together and I often say to them you know listen to this podcast where this woman you know this expert's telling you about food and gut and then it leads them down that path of looking at themselves as a whole and not just as I've got anxiety but looking trying to look at what are the core reasons that I might be anxious and you know it is chicken and egg I have a daughter with severe anxiety and it's not just in her mind her body doesn't work well. It never has done. She's got huge amounts of allergies, bacteria and viruses that she's inherited. And that does mean her system is out of kilter, which means then that her brain sends different chemical signals and she doesn't always feel good. As soon as her energy gets low, she feels poorly. And once you kind of understand that, oh, her energies know she needs certain food or she needs to, she needs to go to sleep or she needs a cuddle or she needs to go out in some sunlight. You can take charge of so many things. And, you know, the first psychologist she saw wanted to put her on a medicine for OCD and she's, she's never needed it because we have looked at it in a holistic 
way luckily because I you know I started at 16 in a in health and science and I had some understanding but I feel it's so difficult for people when they are sent to the doctors and the first thing they are given is a pill and not to go down that route so how long did it kind of take you to realize that oh the pills aren't working and there is a better way or a different way for you to start taking charge of this what was kind of your route into that yeah, it, um, it really was experiencing it firsthand when I was diagnosed with depression in my late teens, a pill, an SSRI, which is very commonly prescribed these days, what, what is known as a ser- selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. That's what's prescribed. It's what it's trying to do is get your neurons to hold on to the serotonin, hold on to that happy hormone serotonin in order for it to, I, I sort of almost describe it as a cuddle as your serotonin is crossing your neurons and is traveling around your body, what the drug does is almost bring it back into the neuron, give it a cuddle, squeeze every last inch of happy hormone out of it and then let it go again. The challenge that you've got is that actually if we're not producing serotonin in the first place, then that drug, that pill, that tablet is going to struggle to do its job. And we produce serotonin, the majority of our serotonin in our gut so then you start to see a correlation with other areas of the body and, and how it's really important to um, to look at everything holistically. But to go back to your question, the, for me, I did I did take a, an SSRI, took the most common one that was prescribed. I went away. I actually suffered from a side effect from it. That The side effect from that drug was reduced appetite, a very common side effect. And during my times in late teens, I was already struggling with disordered eating. So I was absolutely fine in that moment with the reduced appetite. It worked for me, but it did not work for my parents, understandably. And with their concerns, we went back to the GP and said, you know, this this isn't okay. And I got put on the second most commonly prescribed SSRI antidepressant. And that actually gave me migraines and really just severe, constant migraines that I couldn't escape from which didn't work for me. So back to the GP and we're probably on about month five at this point and I get put on another antidepressant. I went away and without really making an initial correlation, I suddenly experience suicidal thoughts and I'm suddenly don't trust myself in my own company and my depression feels at the lowest it has ever been and I remember a really pinnacle moment was rocking myself on my bed and texting my mum and just saying I don't trust myself and I I was very aware that I could go one of two ways and I needed to say something because I didn't want to go that way but I knew that if if, if situations had occurred, then maybe I would. So I text my mum. She came away from work immediately. We went back to the GP. And I remember so clearly sitting in that GP chair and my mum telling him that, you know, her daughter is now suicidal. And the GP with a very straight face saying, yes, this is a common side effect of antidepressants. And it sits so vividly in my mind and it has stayed with me so strongly. That was a real turning point for me to just think, okay, these drugs were meant to make me feel better and they have done completely the opposite. And I now need to take control. 
I now need to be my own champion for getting better and finding my path out of where I currently am. And yeah, that was a real turning point for me in, in my time. How did you find the strength to do that? Because, uh, you know, in my family, we have had cases of depression in the past. And what I have seen when they have been taking these tablets is that actually they were taking the will away. So even mm -hmm. though they may have been aware of something is happening or something is not quite right, on the one hand, you obviously attribute it to the illness that you've got. Mm -hmm. And is that, well, I'm not feeling right. That's what I got to take on these tablets. And on the other hand, you are actually not that aware that they are taking away this willpower from you. So actually for you to describe that, to have the clarity and understanding of this is meant to make me better and it's actually th making me think whether I want to take my own life, which is a very huge moment mm. in your 20s is something that you know it is a very dramatic and, and pivotal moment so how do you find that strength to say mm. this is it that clarity of saying I'm taking this power back now and I'm going to do something about it mm. it's it's really difficult in that moment because when you are experiencing depression and when you are struggling you don't feel like you deserve it you don't feel like you deserve to find the strength and to feel better you feel a burden to everybody around you you don't you almost don't want to talk about how you're feeling because surely nobody really wants to know because you're really not that interesting you know and I I remember very very bluntly just feeling like I didn't I didn't deserve the fresh air that I was breathing. That's that's sort of, you can get to that real low. And so it is incredibly difficult to, to take a stance. I think, although I was feeling like I was a burden and why do people want to hang around with me? I watched my friends and family continue to hang around with me and continue to be by my side and continue to want to spend time with me. And there's something in other people not allowing you to give up on yourself I think that can help you with real strength and and that's where I really encourage people to find the words be it verbally or writing them down to let other people know that's how you feel because just having somebody holding your hand or putting their hand on your shoulder is a signal to say that you can you can get through this and you can keep going and then as as I really reflect on it and actually what I really take into my practice and, and with my clients nowadays is that we deserve better. We truly deserve better. We were not put on this earth to suffer. And if we are suffering, then we deserve to find a better way and to find the light at the end of the tunnel because it is there. We just need to invest and have the trust and faith that we will find it. And I'm proof and many other people are proof that, that you will find it. So I really champion the fact that we don't deserve to be struggling. We really deserve to to feel better and to, to live a great life. I mean, I think it's incredible that you've turned this pain into a passion. Hats off to you. And I do think when you say about being in that dark tunnel, and I've seen some clients be like that, to have someone to guide them out and to say it will be okay and whatever you're going through and by your side, family 
is great, but also having somebody who's not emotionally involved. Because I know sometimes my daughter says, I don't want to tell you because I don't want to hurt you. I imagine you felt the same way. You don't want to pass that pain on. And having to have that strength as an outsider. But I also think it doesn't matter how much your loved ones in the pain they're going through, to get somebody who's not emotionally involved to guide them through is a gift. So people like you who've gone through it and are now helping people is so incredibly important. Yeah, very much so. And I, I used CBT, actually, cognitive behavioural therapy, back in my late teens after leaving the antidepressants behind. I used CBT as a way to get that impartial person involved in my life who who I could talk to without the emotional connection and and who could... Mm. The great thing about CBT is the real challenging of your thoughts. And we see that now throughout coaching as well, that real sort of challenging of your thought process it really helps you to um, to uncover what you're struggling with. So yeah, I really encourage that too. Now you were mentioning something very important in the thoughts. And I think because for we've spoken about it in the podcast as well, because for quite a long time, we've always thought that the way we think is the way we are. And we're just like that. And we, and we finish it there. That's the sentence. Well, this is the way I am. And I think, you know, that the ray of light and the hope is that actually there is so much science and research showing that that is actually not true. Our brain is malleable. We can change it. We can form new connections. We can start rewiring it and tell ourselves a different story to help us get through. And the thoughts, I mean, it's just so powerful. We get, what, like 80,000 thoughts per day? of which I think only 1% we may be aware of. So is that powerful tool, as you were saying, Natalie, of actually understanding what is happening for us, what is happening in our thoughts, and select the ones that they are either coming up again because they want to alert us of something and kind of try and hear the truth that might be in it. And if anything, being curious and question it. I think that's where we... We always say to our clients, "Is like, okay, you're not going to quiet the thought because it's going to keep coming. So maybe just get curious. Maybe just start thinking, what are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to alert me about? Yeah, very much so. And it's it's a moment in time, whether we are, whatever we're struggling, whether, you know, it's it's a symptom or um, a depression or if there is an autoimmune condition that's flaring even though the autoimmune condition is is going to be with you the flare and the pain that you're feeling they are moments in time sometimes they are longer than other moments in time but like you say we can look into them and we can help them to shorten and reduce and get better and, and we can feel better yeah Yeah, and there's so much we can take charge of, which is, you know, your message. And I'm sitting here thinking you had all this different kind of help, but why did you choose the diet as a way of helping people? I think when, if I go into then the other things that I've experienced across the last decade, if I look at the, I had crippling PMS, I've had severe bloating, I've struggled with migraines and fatigue. If I look at those and then really how I was able to address those in the most beneficial way. It has been through changing my food. And because 
where I'd struggled so much with Western medicine, with taking tablets and not experiencing side effects, I had to find a different path. And therefore, I looked at what else do I feed my body? Because the fuel that we put in our bodies, the food that we feed our bodies is then the makeup of how our bodies are going to operate. So if I'm not feeling great or if I'm experiencing certain issues, I need to look at my surrounding environment, the things that I'm putting in my body in order for my body to operate, my stress levels, my sleep. I need to look at all those because they're they're all playing a role in how I'm going to be feeling on a day-to-day So Natalie, I'm wondering where you still get your inspiration from. So for me, it's really in the results that I see when people do take charge of their health, when they embrace what they put into their bodies, the environments that they surround themselves with, when they encompass all of that and actually start to reap the rewards and you just see them suddenly thrive and take off and it's it's so incredibly empowering and you know they sometimes don't even have to say any words if it's my clients we have a catch-up call and I can just see it in their face immediately how fantastic they feel and then I love hearing similar stories from you know other colleagues and practitioners within this health and wellness space and that keeps me going that definitely keeps me inspired that I am doing the right thing to support people to be empowered and to feel that amazing benefit of taking charge mm-hmm. it's a ripple effect you have one person they they tell somebody else and they influence others you can't uh, manipulate other people to be empowered but it is that that influence and that inspiration mm. and is the passing of the knowledge because what i frequently see is that Once you feel better, once you know how you've healed or how you've become better, then you just can't wait to share it with the world, right? It's like in a similar way is what happened with us. Like I, for example, started having my own coach because I was struggling with different areas. And then I think it was after the first session or the second, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I didn't know this could happen. And then you start sharing. It's like, I've done this, try it. It's going to definitely help you. And I think that's the beauty of what you do, that because you can see an almost immediate effect, I would say, because when you introduce these changes, our bodies are actually quite grateful and welcoming. So you, you can still see it, you can feel it, and then you become a living picture of the work that you do. So I think it's living proof of what you do, Natalie, which is fantastic. Yeah, thanks. I, t- I, mean, I totally agree in the educational piece as well. I mean, I started off on this journey because I needed answers and I, I wanted to to be in the driving seat for my health. But knowing everything I know now, I can't not share that with others and I can't not use that to help other people overcome things the way that I have. So yeah, the, that educational piece is such a blessing to be able to be a part of and to share with other people. Yeah, you can't think you just want everybody to know, don't you? I just want to tell you. (laughs) Let me show you. Let me help you. Absolutely. (laughs) It'll be okay. So, Natalie, what is the one question you wish we had asked you that we haven't? Don't have one. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. (laughs) You've asked me. You've asked me everything. Yes. No, it's been a great conversation. Thank you so much for for sharing so much with us, Natalie. I know that this is a conversation that is definitely going to help motivate, inspire and empower a lot of listeners out there. We're going to be asking you to share with us 
how they can connect with you and we'll make sure to put it in the comments. But before we do so, we've got one final question for you, which is, can you sum up in one sentence, how have you made your life better? So I think I would have to say, as I have throughout this conversation, really, that just by empowering myself with knowledge, tools and trust to be the owner of my own health, that I have been able to make my life better. I'm so excited about how I can offer that to others as well and to watch them flourish. That's lovely. And I know it's going to be a huge career for you because, you know, you're talking from the heart, you're talking from someone that's had to go through a lot to get there. And that is that kind of experience can't even be taught. So hats off to you and keep going. And we're going to watch this space and hopefully we'll do something together in the future. So thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for our listeners for listening for one more week. Thanks for showing us your love and appreciation. And please share the love, share this podcast with anyone you think will benefit from it. Like, leave a comment and subscribe. We look forward to seeing you next week. And in the meantime, stay well, stay safe, stay inspired. Much love.